Invincible Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Eric Camaro, and this is Chris Sidzak. Uh, what? What? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> like Something some, bizarro's just happened. Some <laughs> Freaky Friday shit going on. <laughs> no, this is cool. We got Nate with us today, the voice of Decibel Geek, hanging hello. out for a minute. This hello, is before hello. we get things kicked off. You get to hear him say more than five words. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, we were hanging out recording some uh, VIP stuff, some Chris and Aaron show this week. It'll be the Chris, Aaron, and Nate show. Yes. So the sound quality has gone up even higher. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. All right. So, um, but yeah, so it's, uh, we have a really cool show today. Uh, our good friend Tyson Leslie is back on the show talking about the next installment of Rare Hair with our, uh, one of our favorite bands, Enough's Enough. I'm on so board. excited, man. I've been living down here in Nashville for almost 10 years and Enough's Enough has not been here in yep. 10 years. I've been watching. The tour never hits here. Same here. Like, but yeah. thanks to Tyson and the Rare Hair shows, Enough's Enough's going to be here. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So you'll get to hear um, stories about that, uh, about some of the stuff you can expect at the show. Also, um, some really cool stories because Tyson is now the uh, current keyboardist for Vixen, so there's yeah. some really cool stories about them and about concerts, and it's kind of an all over the map discussion. But that we wouldn't have it any other way. It's it's entertaining, and uh, we had fun with Tyson again. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, so I guess before we get into all that, we got to take care of our business, right? Yes. And since we got Nate here, we got to utilize him, right? Yeah, I mean. So I'll take the time off, and we'll let Nate read the reviews. Excellent. All right. Awesome. Give Let's see what we got. All right. So we have a Mr. Tom B from New Jersey who says, these guys are part of my weekly routine. They connect with their listeners and period, 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 dot, 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 they care. It's a mutual love of hard rock and metal. Subscribe today. Keep it going, guys. Nice. Five stars. I like that. That's beautiful. That's from iTunes. And then we also have a Facebook review. Sweet. All right. Facebook review is from... All right, I'm trying to really search. I was looking like eight minutes now trying to find who is this guy? Who is from? Does it tell on the Facebook review? Uh, Robert Sedler. Yeah, Robert Sedler. Oh, see, in blue. (laughs) All right, Mr. Robert Sedler says, I started listening to the podcast in early 2017 and immediately went looking for a decibel geek, rock metal show. Decent rock and metal show. A decent rock and metal. Thank you. See, I'm not used to reading. (laughs) I correct Aaron all the time too. It's nothing new. That's the beautiful thing about doing this and not like having a rehearsal about it at all. Yeah, that's a podcast. You don't (laughs) rehearse every time. Botch it up. It's not a big deal. I found a few that were forgettable and a few that were downright awful. I stumbled upon Decibel Geek and noticed that they had an entire episode dedicated to the mighty Y and T. Nice. I said to myself, okay, this is worth checking out. I love being right, and boy, was I ever right. These guys freaking get it. They cover a wide spectrum of everything that rocks and have a good knowledge of some obscure bands that never even get enough love. They live what they love, and you could tell that their love for the genre is as real as it gets. Keep it up, guys. You've got a great show, and you've got a listener for life. Awesome. Nice. That's for life. Man. That's, that means that's it, something, dude. right? That's, yeah, exactly. That's like... We're married to this guy now, right? right? That guy knows exactly. what he's talking about. Yeah. It. That's awesome. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. I always that. respect the opinions of our iTunes and Facebook reviewers because, well, they're all pretty much five stars, and they're all pretty awesome, and we appreciate everybody that takes the time to leave them for us. 
people with opinions that count. Yeah, we appreciate it. That's what I call it. And then our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week. These We're not going to torture no, Nate with this one, are we? <laughs> no. This is where I earn my keep for the week. This could be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because I always try to read the names fast because there's so many of them. And I've, I've heard from some people on places like Metal Sludge Gossip Board that some people skip the Geeks of the Week. So I try to make it go as fast as possible okay. because we want to thank the people that share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter the link to last week's episode. I've heard sometimes people go back and listen to it twice. Oh, I'd like so it to, evens out. I'd like to hear from those people. Okay. <laughs> Geeks of the Week this week are Joey Vanchieri, Marianne Callie, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Dave Alderson, Amber Bits, History Science Theater, Rich Canamar, Brant Cattell, Rock and Ron Runyon, Greg York, Joe Royland, Sitzman with Joe, Tom Cullen, Matt Ashcraft, Stacey Sullivan, Mark Alden Taylor. <sighs> Freeform Rock Podcast, Jason Blusky, Baco, Cobras and Fire, Paul Korn, Matt Porter from The Kiss Room, Sean Collins, Scott Smith, Wayne Cross, Eric Nesbitt, Joseph Capone, Kenneth Roy, Cool World, James Brendan Dunn, Greg Troyan. <laughs> Andy LaFon, Warren Money, Joel Escon, Mikhail Burrell, Eric Satana, Horner, Aaron Baker, the story time with Aaron Baker, Aaron, Andrew Jacobs, Otto Erling Gregerson, David Glenn, Brad Calmanson, Adam Cox, Trevor McDougal, Joel Escon, David Glenn, Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Yeah. This is a person's Twitter name. It's not my statement. It's called I'm in love with Satchel from Steel Panther. Maybe they just did that to try to get you to say it. Well, they got then they succeeded. <laughs> also, Nighthawk, Save Rock and Metal, Nick Rose, TJ Cullen, Joe Beck, FMPB Podcast, Christopher Stokes, Digital Killed, Ernesto Aguiar, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. Yes, indeed. All these people. I mean, every week I see so many names that I recognize. I know a bunch of people on this list right now are on that metal cruise out in the ocean Monsters having a great time. Yeah. We're going to be hearing back from the people on Monsters of Rock in the coming weeks. Watch DecibelGeek.com for all the reviews and photos and videos and everything going on on the rock and roll cruise right now if you're missing it like we are at least we can live vicariously through them through decibel geek tv and decibelgeek.com good stuff all right so are we ready to get into our talk with tyson sure am So it seems like it's been forever since we got to sit down and do another rare hair discussion with our good friend Tyson. But today's finally that day. What volume are we up to now? What are shit? I don't know. Uh, six? six? Is it six? Right? Yeah. Uh, six. Yeah. And I remember when you put the first one together, um, yeah. you were really nervous about how it was going to come off. And Yeah. Well, the first one was, it was scary and for several reasons. We... I mean, it was obviously my first time, mm-hmm. and also I just didn't know a lot of people yet in town. And uh, thanks to guys like Tom Hurst um, and his Loud Jam shows yeah. that I play on and that we do together, um, you know, he I, he opened a door to a plethora of people. Mm-hmm. And then um, Brandy Goldsboro actually mm-hmm. helped solidify a lot of the like. The older, like the Paul Taylors and Eric Brittinghams, yeah. and those kind of, yeah, uh, the, the folks, hard rock community, yeah, the rock, the rock community yeah. folks that I, I, you know, some of those guys I either a had not met at all, or I just was getting to know them, and I, and so she really, really helped, kind of helped make that first show happen, and then, fortunately, kind of after that, and all of that just kind of kept snowballing over the. Couple next couple of years, mm-hmm. get to know more people, and like by the third one, we had a lot of we had a lot of folks on that one. Um, I remember that one, and and we're just continuing to try to grow that into something uh, 
that's exciting for people to want to come see every few months. And yeah, yeah. and before we dive right in, what's the um, the date come for the one that's coming up soon? Uh, Monday, February nineteenth, and we're going back to the basement east on this one. Cool. Um, mainly just because of this the stage layout, mm-hmm. um, and because we're having. Uh, kind of a headliner band of sorts or whatever yes mm-hmm. i've been living in nashville for almost 10 years now and enough's enough has not been here yeah, right like everybody knows how i feel about enough's enough and tyson you're the man that finally brought me here thank <laughs> you so much <laughs> awesome yeah man i i mean they've been one of my favorite bands forever yeah. in that from that i guess genre i feel like they're one of those bands though that kind of came out maybe just a couple years too early yeah yeah and they, and they also got a bad rap because they looked so ridiculous when they came right. out. Like their image was so hokey and and over the top with the pastel colors and the and the, that whole ri- videos. like super hippie yeah. vibe. Like if they would have been a little more, I don't know, dressed down, I right. guess, and came out around the same time like Black Crows came out or whatever, right. they very well could have been. A lot bigger than they were. Yeah, but we've I don't said know. It a million it's times. Say. It's like when when the toilet got flushed on the '80s rock and the grunge was in. Enough snuff got sucked right in with it. Yeah. Even though musically they were way different than anything else out there going sure. on in that genre. I mean, they did. Our first record was still full of lots of super noty solos and yeah. all of that kind of stuff, and and the production was very much an '80s oh, record yeah. sounding production wise. Mm-hmm. But as they evolved into, um, you know, like paraphernalia and some of the other records later, they didn't quite sound yeah. as much like that anymore. Right. Yeah. I think it was a case where they were they were breaking free from what the record company wanted sure. them to do. Expectations yeah, right. that in that early look, you know, you could tell the record company probably <laughs> were like, you know, you need to look like this. Yeah, and for you sure. need to be more exaggerated than right. the other bands. And, and we <laughs> talked to Donnie V about that, and he told yeah. us how that he was told, you know, just be as bright. We want this video to be brighter than anything else. Like it's going to catch your attention if you're seeing it out of the corner of your eye. Right. Yeah. And, and it was. And it did. Yeah. I mean, for better or for worse, I guess. I mean. I, I remember seeing that and really loving the song, but even as a young person who was into a lot of that over the top stuff, yeah, I thought like Fly High Michelle looked silly. The, yeah. the video looked silly. Yeah, that one was kind of hard to go to my friends and be like, <laughs> right. "I really love this video." Yeah. <laughs> be like, you love that video? Do you love guys too? Oh, but uh, it was yeah. But I I still from the first time I saw the new thing video, I was like, I like the band, I like the yeah. Song. I bought the cassette single right after I saw that video. Yeah, right on. Yeah. I just got kissed the clown on the other side. I yeah, guess. that's a great tune. <laughs> but yeah, and well, how do you um, how do you know the the guys? And I know you're friends with Tori, who's the guitar uh, player. Yeah, I am friends, and that's really what how it kind of came down. Tori's from Kansas City, and that's where I'm from. Go Chiefs! And uh, <laughs> and yeah, and we, I, my friend Curtis and I played in a band called the Baloney Ponies, and the Baloney Ponies are essentially what. Um, there's a band I play at, I play with here in Nashville called the big rock show and the baloney ponies were basically Kansas city's version of the big rock show. We played all the, the big arena hits and, the mm-hmm. old 80, you know, the, your Rocky like hurricane and all that kind of right. crap. And, um, the thing about the baloney ponies that was different though, was they'd been doing, they were doing it 
1992. Right. When it was not cool to like that stuff. Yeah, very you know? uncool. They were playing, they were playing LA Guns and they were playing all this stuff and doing it every few months. And we, I mean, we'd go as a fan. I would go as a fan and watch them. And there'd mm-hmm. be a packed house. But Tori was an original member of that band. Oh, wow. Too. And, I don't. I, the truth is, I think Tori and I talked about this not too long ago. But I don't even remember how or when I actually met the guy, and I have no <laughs> recollection of that whatsoever. Well, but um, we've been fans or fans friends for as long as I can remember. I mean, definitely in the last ten years or, or more. Mm-hmm. Um, he would come to see. I was in a touring band called Pomeroy, and we'd. Go, every time we go through Iowa, and there he was. You know, he'd come out and hang out and see the show, and then he'd, you know, come down to Kansas City and sit in with us or whatever. So we just did, kept in touch for so long and have a lot of mutual friends and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I got to hear all the stories of you know his days of Bullet Boys and Bing Tango and all this stuff before he was in Enough Snuff. Mm-hmm. And actually, oddly enough, we were both at. Um, the first Enough Notes show I ever saw, Tori and I were both attending as, you know, mm-hmm. patrons or whatever. Right on. That's and, cool. Um, and that night, that's when Tori met Chip and got on the bus and whatever. But they, I mean, it wasn't hired or anything back then. That was a long time ago. Um, and then was it a later, hazy meeting on the bus? I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. I'm sure, I, I wasn't. I didn't meet. I was not on the bus. Because, uh, man, that was. What year was that? Was bad. Well, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but if it, uh, if it'll help, it was when L.A. Guns was going through their "I Want to Be Pantera" phase. Okay, okay, American Hardcore. Yeah, yeah. it was that album because Enough's Enough played, and then like a week or two later, L.A. Guns Guns had played that same place, and I went to both of those shows, and I remember going, "What the fuck is this? This is terrible." Chris Van Dahl singing for them. Yeah, and they're you know they're doing their. Like metal punk version of Ballad of Jane. I was like, this is fucking That no. would have been 1996. Yeah. It was <laughs> we so weird. About that. It's so weird. Yeah. And <laughs> the things you do to stay relevant. God, yeah. The ex- experimenting and all this stuff. I mean, I get it. That was a tough time for a lot of those bands sure. to try to, like you said, stay relevant. Well, doing everything were there a lot of Were there a lot of people at that show in 96? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. I'd say it wasn't a it wasn't a huge venue to begin with. Yeah, what venue was it? Uh, it was a place called the Filling Station. It was like mm. in I want to say it was in Raytown, Missouri. But yeah, I know Raytown. So, Although I don't think the Filling Station was still there by the time I lived. Yeah, there. it was somewhere around Raytown, at least I'm in that kind of vicinity. Okay. If that for those who know yeah. <laughs> Missouri geography, <laughs> Kansas City area, but um. Yeah, I don't know. We just became and remained friends and hearing all the first-hand stories of Donnie and Johnny Monaco and the different, like, evolution of Enough's Enough to where it is now. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I was, like, skeptical about it, and I was just like, are are you really going to stay with this? Because... And then I watched the video, and I was like, holy crap, he sounds really good. Like, Chip yeah. sounds great singing this stuff. Yeah. And Tori was like, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't stay on if he didn't. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to stay on and and be part of something that 
I'm not going to be proud of. And right, <laughs> especially himself being a fan of the band from back in the day. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, for sure. It, I always like that when, just like with the Gene Simmons band, when you see, you know, players come into a situation like that, but you know that they love and appreciate the history and the legacy of the band to the point where they're going to uphold it. You know, oh, that's, yeah, that's sure. something that's always great. Yeah, well, I mean, that was something I had to do too recently. Right. The same kind of thing. I mean, yeah, we we should mention that um, the last time you were here, you you weren't in this band, but now you are. The, <laughs> right. You are the newest, and uh, if I might say so, the least attractive <laughs> member of Vixen. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so how does how does that ha- happen? Uh, well, I was leaving a movie. I was I'd just gone to a movie or something like that, and I got a text from. Tony Higby, who was the guitar player for Keith. Tom Kiefer's band, and saying, "Hey, um, Vixen's looking for somebody. Are you? Would you be interested?" And I was like, "Of course, I'd be interested. I mean, I don't know who would not be interested in being the only guy in an all-girl band that, <laughs> whatever." But. Um, but in addition to that, like, it was just like, I was looking for work. I, I was, you know, I'd played some country music with, uh, Tracy Lawrence for a little while when I'd moved here. It was one of the first gigs I had and I kind of didn't fit that so well. And, but I learned a lot from it. But then after that, it was kind of like, I was almost getting to the point. I even remember calling a friend going, man, I've been here a while. I'm not getting any calls. I'm not, nothing's going on. Like, I'm starting to get a little frustrated because I'm doing all of these things with all these people, and yet I'm, nothing's happening. Right. And then I got that call. And it's funny because I was talking to Paul Taylor um, about trying to steal his gig in the Tom Keeper band when he was thinking about leaving. You know, mm-hmm. we'd been to lunch probably a week or two prior uh-huh. to the text i got from tony and i was like man if you're ready to go let me know because and if if not you know that's fine too but whenever you are just keep me in mind because i would love that gig because i love yeah. tom keeper i love cinderella and all those people mm-hmm. that are in it. i knew half the band yeah already as people so i knew that that would be something that i because i'm you always think about what situation can you be in on the road where you don't want to kill each other or you don't want to like yeah. or if you can uh, get along with everybody or handle their personalities and stuff. And fortunately with Tom, I knew everybody and except for Tom. I don't know Tom, <laughs> but, uh, and I was like, I, I like Kendra and I like, you know, uh, Tony and, and Jared and everybody. I, I, they're great people. So, and then before I, before like about two weeks before Paul finally said, okay, actually I'm out. I ended up talking to Cher mm-hmm. and setting up a uh, time to fly down to her house in Florida. And Cher and or Brittany, the new guitar player, mm-hmm. and I both joined at the same time. Like, exactly. We went down, auditioned together, and ran through all the tunes. And it was just Cher and Roxy and Brittany and me. Mm-hmm. Um because Janet was doing her normal life things. And so we just went through all the tunes, videotaped 
<laughs> videotape. That's not even a thing, really. <laughs> shot video of it for Janet and mm-hmm. sent it to her. And then kind of got word the next over the next couple of days that we were good to go. And nice. um, one of our first shows, um, one of our first shows, if not our first, it might have been our first show. I don't remember because um, my brain is Swiss cheese these days with like the short-term memory stuff. But well, you're not busy or anything. One of the right, yeah. <laughs> one of the first shows I remember doing though was, was you know we were playing with Tom Kiefer and Cheap Trick was the headliner and mm. you know and all these. Really cool bands, uh, Great White and uh, Quiet Riot, which was like weird. Like it was the first time to see that new singer in that band mm-hmm. and everything. And um, I just standing backstage and listening to Robin Zander talk about old Jeep Trick days was pretty damn cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stuff like that. You know, just listening to all the stories, pretty cool. It's kind of a pinch me moment, I'm sure. Oh yeah, so many. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then with um, with Vixen, did you did you have the uh, the thought of doing like the uh, altered rock star speech that uh, Mark Wahlberg does in the movie? And you say, you know, I grew up with the you know the posters of these girls uh, on yeah. my ceiling over my bed, right? And if you believe hard enough, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's actually true though. I because we were playing somewhere, and this fan came up and pulled out one of the old posters from like '88 or whatever. I was like, oh shit, I actually did have that poster. I remember. I totally forgot I had that poster. I had one of them too. Yeah, wow. and it was like. I mean, it was like the one that you would get at like a Walmart or something yep. these days, or Musicland or something like that. You know. Yeah. And um, so that's really funny. And I have the Revit up, like video cassette, whatever oh, really? that I found that like a while later. And yeah. um, so I was a, I was a fan. I definitely really dug the first album quite a bit Me when too. I was. Um, I didn't. I had the second record and some of the following stuff too. <clears throat> Actually, was working at a record store <clears throat> when Tangerine came out. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I got a like a promo copy of that. Mm. And it's funny going to listen to that. I just started listening to that again not too long ago. And, I mean, it's a different record for them, and they don't, you know, we don't play any of that stuff, but... There's good stuff um, on there. There is. is. It's a really good record, actually. I like it. But I can understand. It's kind of like... It's like their Karabi album. You know, it's just like, what? This doesn't sound anything like Vixen at all. And I think that was the goal at the time, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're going to try to completely change our sound. Sure. You know, that was the 90s, too. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. So so when you finally... How do they go about just telling you you got the gig? Um, well, Well, we were just sitting around at dinner and... Roxy goes, and you're in. You know you're in, right? And I was like, um, sure, cool, awesome. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it was very uh, nonchalant actually. But yeah, it's uh, that's kind of surreal because I, I mean, like every male in 1980, whatever, everybody yeah. had a crush on those girls. Oh yeah, sure. So, and um, and it's been interesting to also see just kind of how they've evolved from then to now and how the the fans react to everything. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been also, we're getting ready to put out a live thing, a live record, and that's kind of cool in itself to be part of that and yeah. to kind of be in, in that discography. Yeah. <clears throat> that's really cool. So I got to imagine, are you, are you seeing a lot of interaction with the fans, like some that treat them like... 
because you got to think about Vixen. Like they were one of the first rock bands of that kind of generation that was a full female thing that really got that big push. You know, I got to yeah. think that a lot of young or girls, women that were young girls then are coming to them going, you know, you guys are feminists. You know, you guys are really, you know, done something, stood up, you know, inspirational kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't really see that as much from the standpoint from where I usually am because most of the time I'm just hurting the cats yeah. because I uh, I got the tour manager job like the road manager job for them as oh, well okay. so a lot of times when I'm making sure that the line just is moving when they're doing autograph signings and things like that so right on. that it, people aren't just waiting there forever and also so the girls aren't just sitting there signing things for four hours right. you know or whatever so I'm usually the I kind of get to play bad cop sometimes too. Right. Um, but as far as like, I mean, I think I was just on some cover band thread the other day on Facebook and somebody was brought up something about doing tributes to bands or whatever. And somebody, had, a, a woman had, had mentioned Vixen as one of them. And I thought that was like, that's awkward. <laughs> All right. That's kind of cool. But I guess my point is to that whole story is that they've obviously have had that kind of an influence on people for sure. Like giving just like Joan Jett and any other powerful heart, uh, female fronted group or full on group like they are. And there's not a lot. No, there's not a whole lot of all female bands out Mm -hmm. there that were as popular, I guess, as they are. Right. I mean, like there was girls' school, but girls' school never got like that big in the states. No, no pretty much um, a, a Euro- European thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't for know, their time, it's pretty neat. They were the queens. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, um, and it's cool that we can still go out there, and it's still weird to me that I'm there at all. Like, yeah. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I have a penis. I don't know if how that really fits, but that's cool. I'll. They didn't tell you you had to get some operation yeah, or anything yeah. like that. I'm not wearing any wigs or anything. And just, um, and Has anybody ever asked? Have you ever heard it? Why is there a dude in Vixen? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But I, I, I asked myself, honestly. <laughs> I was just like, but um, I think it really came down to they've always had guys playing keys oh, yeah. way back in the day. Like if you uh-huh. even on... Um, they weren't as prevalent on stage, though, as they right. are. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you watch the Arsenio Hall footage, the, the keyboard guy's there. He's just, he's just not right up there in the front with everybody else. Gotcha. It's kind of like, you know, Gary Corbett and Kiss and all those right. other bands yeah. like yeah. that. Off in the offstage condo. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, but that, you know, that changed, too, over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy um, previous to me, Chris, played on stage and yeah. everything like that. and. Um, and then I saw, like, I think they were, the keyboard player was on stage with them on that Bands Reunited show, too, on VH1. Yeah, I think so. Okay. He, he's yeah. not in the very front with all three of them, but he was still, you know, it wasn't like being hidden or anything yeah. like that. Because <laughs> I think he was even shown on the, in the video and, the, and when they performed mm, and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I never realized that. That was one of the better episodes of that show in my that life. That was cool. Yeah. And yeah. I watched that right before I went to Cher's house. Oh, did you? Just to, like, re fresh myself with them and and just kind of to see their personalities on mm-hmm. you know on tv and yeah just and they 
you know, they said that was absolutely a hundred percent surprise. Like they didn't, nobody knew any of that was going to happen. Cher was doing some knitting class and stuff in LA and these people come crashing in there with cameras and then she was just like, she was actually kind of freaked out going, I don't know if I want to do this. And she called her husband going, I I don't don't know, should I do this or not? This is kind of weird, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, um, but that show kind of, well, that sort of kick-started it all over again for yeah. him. And I know, you know, that didn't work out with Jan and the band. I know it did for a little while, but, uh, you know, we actually interviewed Jan probably, I'm thinking about a year before she passed. Okay. And, um, you know, you could tell there was a, it was a, it was an interesting time to talk to her because you could tell that obviously there was a lot of stress there because of all the litigation and all that stuff. And, right. you know, there had been some mudslinging between the t- the girls and her. But but still behind it all, you could tell they all still loved each other. Like there was, yeah. it was it was like, there, it was like a difficult situation. I mean, and yeah. there was stuff like Cher wasn't even. I didn't even realize that Cher was not in the band forever. Like for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there there was parts where like Janet and Roxy had worked together and done stuff, and there's all these different kind of like you said. Um, through all, all the um, inner wars of that yeah. band, yeah. Um, different versions of stuff, and mm-hmm. like uh, there was, they played M three as JSRG one year. Yeah, you know? I forgot about that and stuff like that. And, and that was around the time we interviewed Jan too. Yeah, that, that probably that would have been why they were using that name. I think. Yeah. So, mm. um, but you know what? Where we're at now as a band. Um, speaking of Jan. Uh, oh yeah, Jan's right above my head. Where, where we're at now, though, is <laughs> everybody gets along great. Yeah, the drama, the drama level is pretty much zero. Like, Good. the drama level is usually, oh shit, Tyson forgot to book the damn vehicle for the how we're gonna get to the get like to the hotel because Tyson's an idiot and forgot to. You know, what? that's kind of that's usually what it is. Like that's the most drama that we have in the pan right now. <laughs> So, so you're the troublemaker. Yeah, I'm the troublemaker. Because it's awesome. Like, there's nobody, there's none of that. I, I'm friends with enough people in different bands, especially in this genre of music, to hear all the war stories of everybody, you know, how people don't get along and how people are being treated badly or not being paid well enough or all, you know, all kinds of different things. And that is not the case at all. I think the only thing... That could be better in the Vixen camp right now is we could just we could use more shows. We could be playing a little bit more than we are. Um, but that all haps, happens to be one of those things that fall into the hands of the powers that be. You know, whether it's right. agencies, booking yeah. clubs or people that want us or whatever, how all that stuff works. But right. it's we're all just basically, if you book it, we'll be there and mm-hmm. we'll play. And right on. That's cool. Were you with them when they played the Farm Rock show here? No. That was before you got I was here. I watched the yeah, show. They were great. They were. Yeah. 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 No, that was. Um, and I remember being struck by how tight they were. Like, they just, they're, there's no sloppiness in that no, at all. Like, they no. really rehearse. No, they, yeah, they, we don't rehearse actually at all. <laughs> they sound, well, they sound very well rehearsed. At we, least when we, we, rehearsed we rehearsed for at uh, first. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, we can't. Our singer lives in Connecticut. 
Mm-hmm. Our bass player lives in Florida. Our guitar player lives in Los Angeles. Our drummer lives in Detroit, and I'm here in Nashville. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> so we all just kind of come together and do our thing when it's time. But, but you brush up amazing. on your parts before you get out. Yeah, I like, yeah. especially, you know, on this, when we have the Monsters of Rock cruise coming up, and um, I mean, I'm going to spend the better part of this week just reviewing the set, running through everything, and then we'll probably get together in one of the cabins, just, you know, sometimes we'll get together in the hotel room and run vocal harmonies or just run through little transitional things and make sure that we've got our stuff together. Yeah. Wow. As best as you can in a yeah. hotel room with instruments that aren't plugged in and yeah. playing drums on pillows and stuff like that. So. <laughs> so how excited are you for your first Monsters of Rock cruise? Man, I'm super stoked. Um, I mean, Rare Hair is a, a good indicator that that's, this kind of music is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> To, and I've, I've been wanting to go on this stupid thing since I it was invented. Yeah, me too. <laughs> since I heard about it and I looked at that lineup and go, man, that looks like the coolest time ever. Mm-hmm. But, man, I was too poor. I couldn't. I just couldn't afford to go. Yeah. And so you figured out a way to get on. Yeah, well, well I, I I even remember when I moved here and Aaron I was talking. I need to start a band. Yeah. Right. There you I remember go. moving here I was talking to April. And I was like trying to figure out like if she knew any way, way to... April, by the way, is she works with yeah. with Larry and the people at the April cruise Lee, for yeah. people who don't know who that is. Yeah, April's awesome. I was like, well, I'm trying to figure out a way to get on this cruise. Just any sort of hints to figure out how to do it for cheaper than it was. Yeah. Like, well, maybe one day I'll get to play on it. And sure enough. And she said, join Vixen. And you yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm in. So it worked out pretty good. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of my, my, my close friends from Kansas City went on there not last year but the year before and it was all the stories and all the things and I was like damn it I swear I want to go and so um, and since my girlfriend's not like a huge fan of all this kind of stuff yeah. um, I'm taking the old singer from Baloney Ponies my friend Curtis with me because he's the ideal person to take with me on yes. this thing he's yeah. so excited he can't stand curtis. it so. yeah he's got the greatest hulk hogan mustache. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah curtis comes out and sings in the he's rare a, hair shows he's a really good, good performer yeah so <laughs> so he's getting to go with me and and chris fox is going to be on the boat too just oh, cool. hanging out so we were really excited to like be on there with our friends the rock and roll residency who are now not going to be on there so yeah, we were kind of bummed about yeah. that it's a bummer that they couldn't go so like, man we're gonna all our buddies are going to be there. I can only assume there's a, and, can only assume there's a damn good reason for them not to be on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, the, the, the initials are G and S. Ah, <laughs> okay. and, and, and just routing and stuff like that. Yeah. It had to do with... Because we were originally supposed to go to Jamaica. Yeah. And people are being killed in Jamaica tourists. And like, and people are, are... It's a dangerous time to be in Jamaica right now. Yeah. So they moved the port. Mm. And... Because of that move, um, that changed it. They, like they weren't lying when they said, you know, it was, it was literally it was schedule issues. They yeah. couldn't work around because they were going to leave from Jamaica to meet up for, for the next for days. the gigs uh, that they had scheduled. So, so now, it just probably just makes no sense to be able yeah, to do they it. Just couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of you know plane changes and things like that. The, uh, that's yeah. a lot of stuff that just not in everybody's control mm-hmm. and and that's something that a lot of fans and 
people don't understand sometimes when bands have to cancel and do things, it's not because they want to. No. It's just because situations just come up that they can't fix or do and or if they can it's just too expensive or it just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. so well yeah because i mean if you're a working musician that's pretty much your life as you live to play so the last thing you ever want to do is cancel on somebody yeah for sure yeah and so i mean you see that stuff on the internet, you know, especially with everybody has an opinion and, a, and an open forum to let's, say what uh, they want. Let's talk about that because now that you're you're in a, a much more high profile band now with Vixen, you've clearly seen blabbermouth comments and and you know people spouting off things mm-hmm. from your position because you went from fan to that. Uh, right. How does it? Uh, you know, how do you react to, to that? Um, I don't yeah. very much. I um. Every once in a while, if I see something that I feel like I can correct in a way that's not combative or whatever, mm. and it's 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 not somebody just being an asshole, but it's just somebody has maybe a fact wrong or something right. like that, I can maybe chime in and say something. Otherwise, I just leave it alone yeah. because it's just it's not worth it. It's not it's it's just not that important, right? <laughs> to uh, it's not that know. big a deal to change yeah. Joe Schmo's mind who lives yeah. in Utah. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> At right. the end of the day, if like uh, it's a lot of people just with time on their hands saying negative things or mm. or just trying to be funny or whatever, and it's not worth chiming in. Right, right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the show coming up. Like, um, okay. What, I know that you said before we got on mic that there's some details that are still a little hazy that we can't really go into. Yeah. Right um, well, the next, the next Ray Hair, we're going definitely digging back into, uh, into the catalog of the, you know, old school hair metal, if you will, which I don't ever, that's still a term that I, Say with a little bit of a grain of salt, you know. Yeah, I've I just, never liked that. <laughs> but that's nah. a, I mean, it is what it is. I've that's what they call it. You know? That is what it is. But um, but um, we're we're covering Tesla and Kicks this time, and we're doing another love hate song. We did love hate the first show. Ooh, we'll yeah. Do that this time. Nice. What love hate song is it? Can you share? Uh, why well, you think they call it dope? That yeah. way I can play a cool, fun <laughs> bass line. That's a good Because <laughs> yeah. I love playing. I don't get to play like that very often. Yeah. Why do you think they call it dope?
um, we're doing a Michael Monroe song, which is you know okay. So every every rare hair, there's that one song that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. So like rare hair to every damn guitar player wanted Firewoman. I'm like I can't give it every you know I can't get everybody the same song. It's yeah, not yeah. possible. And Michael Monroe is the one everybody went after this time, which I thought was weird. Which song? Dead Jail of Rock and Roll. Yeah, it's yeah. a great tune. So it'll be fun. And that one, Chip Zanuff's going to play on. Oh, cool. And Mark Oakley from Giant's going to play guitar. Oh, really? Right on. And uh, um, uh, Peter, Peter, Peter Gallinari is playing keys on that. Even though there's no keys, I was I just wanted Peter to be part of the show because he's such a bad, badass keyboard player. Mm-hmm. And Rob Hammersmith from Skid Row is on drums on that one. So... So we got some fun players that are coming in to do some stuff. Um, Chris Fox, who's a, our friend from Minneapolis with the ridiculous voice, will be coming yeah. in to do some stuff. What was the song he did at the one at Twelfth and Porter? Was it a Warrant? Song? Yeah, he he opened up the show with Uncle that? Tom's Cabin and was just he sounded exactly like the. Record. And we posted that uh, video <laughs> so of that on, on our YouTube channel, and I had so many people go, "Who is that yeah, singing?" That's and great. Like, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's doing Warrant again this time. He's doing Machine Gun. Oh, badass! So I'm stoked. We're doing a Vixen song, and originally we were going to have Brittany was going to come in and play, but uh, she couldn't get out of work, so she's not going to be doing that now. But um, we're still doing all female lineup for that one, including keyboard player. I'm not playing keys on it this time. <laughs> uh, I got a girl keyboard player to play on it, and so that'll be fun. And then uh, we're doing London Choir Boys uh, and a Bullet Boys tune this time. We haven't done Bullet Boy since the first one. Is Tori playing that one? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think Tori's doing anything outside of his enough and upset oh, okay. this time. <laughs> and then we were doing a Lizzie Borden. Nice. And which I was originally trying to get Lizzie Hale to do Lizzie Borden because I thought oh, that would be hilarious. So cool. <laughs> but they're in Canada freezing their asses off. Oh, so. Bummer. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be so cool. I just thought that would have been funny. I'd, I don't know because my stupid brain thinks that's funny no, for I some reason. It. That's right up our alley. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Lizzie Hale doing Brilliant. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's What's see. And then we got some Sabotage. Oh, cool. Halloween. Uh, Mitch Malloy is going to do a tune. And then. Uh, 
We're tackling the old Talus slash David Lee Roth, hopefully, if everything works out there. And some Twisted Sister. And that, that's it's going to be a fun show. Are the uh, Denman um, guys going to be in for this one? Yeah, Dakota's doing... Um, we're not. They're not playing as many, but they are playing. Uh, Dakota's doing the sabotage tune, and Ben is playing the Halloween song with me. Cool. Which I gotta practice that song. That sounds hard. Is it? What song? <laughs> it's not super hard, but it's just like there's harmonies and there's things, and I'm gonna be on a boat for a week, so it's mm-hmm. just like I don't know if I'm gonna have access to a guitar to sit there and practice these songs, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. It'll be a good time. Which one is it? Uh, we're doing. I went out. Nice. And I had that on an LP when I was a kid. Did oh, you? Yeah. That Keeper of the Seven Keys Part Two is incredible. Yeah. Like, there's not a bad note on that whole record. No. It's so good. Oh man. Well, it's just the you know as well. And Aaron's been living here a while, and I'm a native of Nashville. But to to see shows like this with these types of set lists, I mean, yeah, yeah it's great. It's, Players, yeah, and with the with the people playing on it, it's just. Uh, you know, I never in a million years would have expected this type of stuff to be happening in my town, you know. Well, good. I'm glad that we could do that for you guys wow. and for everybody else. I mean, somebody posted the other day on something like, are there any rock players in town? I'm like, where the are hell you have you been, me? man? Hey, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it really is kind of the central place of the rock and roll world right now yeah. It's, yeah. it's really amazing. And it, and it just seems like every year it just gets bigger and bigger. And it's kind of cool to see that these like different jam things are happening in different parts of the United States. Like the, you know, mm-hmm. in LA they have that, um, sound check live thing that they're yeah. doing and that lucky strike. Live yeah. Thing. All those things. Yeah. And so it, there's a place for everybody to go and do like, um, obviously the residency guys, uh, for, uh, for those who don't know, I'm sure your listeners yeah. probably know who they are yeah. by now. We've pumped them out pretty hard. But, I mean, they have that Tuesday night weekly show when they're not out with Gene. And that that's a great outlet for a lot of people. I mean, man, when the show that they did a couple of weeks ago Were when Gene there? Simmons yeah. showed up, yeah, I was looking at my friend and I was like, okay, I don't even know half of these songs that they're playing right now. <laughs> like, I, they go so deep they that do. I'm just yeah. like, what the Especially hell are lately. all these songs? Yeah. But at the same time, I love that because I go, what the fuck? So I'll go yeah. take a picture of the set list and go home and listen to it. And yeah. Go, oh, that's what that, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I'll learn about music from them. They've totally. turned me on to so many bands I've never yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. my, my only complaint. I love that. My yeah. only complaint about the rock and roll residency is, like, for example, the night I went down there with Gary Corbett, I'm hanging out, and I'm listening to these songs, and I'm like, this song is freaking awesome. You know, yeah. what is this? And then I go back and I do the research and I figure it out and I'd be like, what? This Steely Dan isn't nearly as good as, you know, the uh, rock and roll residency. <laughs> yeah, Gary Corbett's playing on that rare hair. He's going to be he? playing on the uh, London Choir Boys song. Nice. nice. Awesome. We love Gary. Yeah. yeah. He's great. So, and that, you know, the, between Loud Jams and Brandy and the residency guys i mean that's how i've gotten to know all the people that i've gotten to know in this town and i i I can't thank all those people enough for all of the support and just i mean i was on a cruise ship with kiss like a couple (laughs) uh, a couple months ago you know and watching extreme and sitting on the beach with steel panther like just talking shit about life and talking about our kids and 
which is the fact that those people have children just cracks me up. <laughs> kind of scares yeah, me. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's, but there's such and and that they're all nice, normal, good-hearted yeah. people, you know. And mm. it, it, I don't know. It's it's kind of mind blowing sometimes. It seems and, like a lot of the competition part of it has really gone by the wayside from back yeah. in the well, day. I think a lot of it has to do with you know. I did a gig with George Lynch. I was playing bass for him at a clinic. Uh, I don't know, at least ten years ago, and and I told him straight up, I was like, man. I'm I'm really happy that you are a nice person because I've always heard that you were the opposite of that. And he's like, dude, I'm I've got I have nothing to prove anymore. Like, yeah, I, I was a total dick when I was in my you know I was young and I was in and docking was the biggest thing in the world and I had everything I wanted. And I said, I've already been there, done that. I have nothing to prove. I just want to play music, have a good time, and enjoy my friends and and just play and i was like okay well that's a good way to live by and then as i I, i've gotten old even uh like nuno betancourt another person that i'd always kind of was a little skittish about because of the same thing Mm. he's he's super nice all those extreme guys are nice everybody was everybody's older they've already kind of been through it all and they've 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 had the highs and they all a lot of them also had the lows you know and had their bands completely crash and burn and some of them totally fall apart only to come together I mean even extreme they 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 ended bitter for a minute yeah. and they came back stronger I think and and better friends as a result of it and right. mm-hmm. and so at this point in everybody's lives they're, they're just they're just happy to still be able to have a job mm-hmm. and have people that even want to hear their music still and the more people that kind of can keep that mentality about it the better Um, and and you're still always going to have a couple rotten eggs here and there is i mean there was a guy i'm not going to say the name but there was a one of the guys in three it was just like his crew had everybody clearing the catering area. Y'all need to leave because they're getting ready to go on. And so and so is like, I'm just trying to eat a hamburger right now. I don't really care who's going on. Like nobody cares, and then nobody cared at all. But it's like to have his name doesn't to, sound like Bert Miracles. Still, what's that? His name doesn't sound like Bert Miracles. Does no, it? No. But it was just like, man, ain't nobody got time for that anymore. You well, know, yeah. it's just like, what's the need in that? We're just we're just trying to. Make a living. Sure. I suppose, you know, from seeing the heights and then seeing the like the, the hard times and then coming out to where we are now, a lot of these bands are kind of leveled out again. It gives you a real appreciation for what you have versus, yeah, you know, absolutely. the way it was for a while there. Yeah. I appreciate every day, like, yeah. being able to play music and make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, I when I'm not on the road with Vixen, I'm here in town playing piano for drunk people at the big bang piano bar i was just that's a good segue because i was wanting to get into that a little bit yeah yeah. because tyson will will post the the, the, like i guess people will write their their request on a napkin and hand it to you Uh, we have request forms on all the tables and whatever well he'll post the most ridiculously horribly spelled or or way off uh artist requests and you honestly should put a book out of just those requests. Yeah, I've, I've been told to do that several times. I, I, it's just a matter of kind of figuring out 
the uh, procedure to make that happen. Can I, you, uh, and and then I think the other thing is really making sure, like, if that gets put out, like, how does it get put out to people that even know that exists and who yeah. care, you know? Right. Because it is pretty funny, and people are not too bright, even though they all have phones and they can look up artists and genres and decades and everything like that. Um, they still, like... You know, we'll get something completely like Walk This Way by Journey or something, you know, completely <laughs> ridiculous. And it's like, dude, really? Yeah. And I've seen some where I'm like, God, how many drinks in was this person when they requested this song? <laughs> yeah, but it's a good time and it's it's a, it's a fun way to make a living. But also, you know, I'm playing music just about every day of my life. And it keeps your chops up. It keeps your musicianship kind of sharp. And and with that job, you have to be able to play multiple multiple instruments. So I'll play bass or I'll play drums or I'll jump, we'll just kind of jump around on all the different yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so the, it keeps it all sharp. What's the most impressive request you've ever gotten? Oh, I don't know if there's an answer to that. No. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what impressive like for you to be like holy shit i can't believe somebody you know has asked for this this is amazing yeah i I don't know i mean it happens quite a bit honestly like we're all all look down and go oh man okay yeah i'll try this and the other thing is that's fun about it is uh it's not predictable you never know yeah you're gonna get piano man and Right. Don't stop believing in same like forty songs every single day, literally every day. Like out of the billions of songs that exist in the world, you seriously will get mm-hmm. the same forty songs almost wow. every day. But then once in a while, you'll get something that you're like, "Oh man, that's okay. That's gonna be fun. Let me try this." Or I've never played this song before, but I'm gonna try to play it right now. Like, um, I don't know. Like the other day, this lady came in and. Asked for a really obscure ABBA song, and I love that band. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, let's do it. You know, because it's the thing about doing stuff like that is it's fun for us as musicians to get away from the same old crap, but it's also fun for the artist or for the artist for the audience mm-hmm. when you surprise them that you know something completely yeah. ridiculously deep and well, obscure. And so weird. how do you do it if, if somebody comes up and requests something that you've never even heard before? Um, well, there's a staff of four or five players depending on the night. Yeah. And so if I get something, and it also depends on how much money you get put on it. So yeah. somebody pays like $20 for something and you've never heard it. And I maybe I can look at the artist and go, well, I'll bet Patrick knows it, or I'll bet so-and-so knows this song. So I'll pass it on to them, and if they don't know it, there's a piano in the back room. And if there's a lot of money on it, I'll run back and I'll learn the song real quick wow. and make sure that we can do it. And if not, if it's something like, mm-hmm. you know, if I listen to it and it sounds like Frank Zappa, I'm just like, there's no way. <laughs> not you without know. a week of rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. I'll come out and just be like, hey. I'm, I, you guys gave us 20 bucks for this and we don't want to take your money but if there's something we can do and uh, substitute for this then we'll do that you know and most people are reasonable and kind of yeah. realize that like you can't know every single song but we know a lot of I've, songs um, has anybody ever requ- uh, requested any kiss yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah yeah we did it's usually i get thrown kiss i mean because everybody knows rock and roll night and right. stuff yeah and, and Beth comes up actually quite a bit since it's yeah, a piano song. Right. Yeah. But I played 
I played Detroit Rock City a couple of weeks ago, and then I played. Nice. Uh, it was one night. What was it? Oh, I played. Well, this isn't Kiss, but somebody requested "Who Made Who," and I was like, "Well, shit, I'm gonna totally do that because nobody's ever requested that before." <laughs> That's actually nice. pretty cool. I can't yeah. sing it as high as he does, but no. I'll sing it. <laughs> and you know, I, I love it when people surprise me with stuff like that, and I'll just, "Mama, I'm coming home." Or, yeah. Or, but the trick is too, like, is it's you're just it's just you and a piano, right? So how do you? take a song that has all these different instruments and all these different parts and just break it down to one instrument and make it still recognizable, make it still yeah. sound like the familiarity of, you know, like I've done Wasted Years, oh, nice. Iron Maiden, and I've done like... Well, that guitar part on a piano. Hmm. Yeah, but like, you know, with, with that song, what's fun is I can do it one of two ways. I heard... Um, I heard Ryan Adams do like a ballad version yeah. of it. And it's so amazing. And I was like, it really kind of accentuates what a really cool song that yes. is lyrically. Yeah, yeah I like and that. And so I started doing that at work sometimes just when I get bored on a Tuesday and there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's fun to kind of experiment with songs and, and see what you can come up with. I've done Cemetery Gates. Oh, cool. And whenever people bring it. But the other day somebody asked for a walk. And I was like, dude, I'm playing a piano. On a piano. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. I, I'm going to try it and see what it sounds like. Yeah? And How did it sound? It was fine. It was, was stupid. It? it was completely <laughs> stupid. You know, I've done Master Puppets. I've done... Oh, wow. That might sound cool on a piano. Yeah, I mean, it sounds all right. It's... If you put enough energy into it and flail around, yeah. uh, flail around like an idiot enough, that makes <laughs> it kind of convinces people that you're good at it. Well, I've got some of your request slips pulled up on my phone. Oh, great! Let's, let's go through some of these. Yeah. Somebody requested "White Wedding" by David Bowie. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Uh, Piano Woman by Elton John. <laughs> yeah, that one's got to be somebody just trying to be funny. Or yeah. I would hope so. That's some kind of inside vixen humor. Uh, p- uh, here's somebody <laughs> requesting "Piano Man" by Not Sure. Yeah. We didn't start the fire by Phil Collins. Yeah, that wow. what? <laughs> I can understand that mix up. Cats in the Cradle by Aerosmith. Wow. Too drunk to fuck by the Dead Kennedys. That's well, that's actual true. song. Yeah. But oh, I posted did, that, that because um I every once in a while I'll post one that I just think who the hell is, you know, thinking deep enough to Ask for something like this. That's actually, a, I love that song, but yeah. Wait, there's a song called Too Drunk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys? Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was like a newer no, like, no, that's pop old, song. That's an old, old song oh. from the 80s. Because my Dead Kennedys crit. <laughs> uh, Let's request the most vulgar thing we can think of. Right. Let's see. <coughs> when Doves Cry, well, it says When We Cries by Prince. When We Cries. Yeah, some of that stuff is just... A lot of Piano Man by Elton John. A lot of people seem to think Elton John did Piano Man. Yeah. Um, Raining Blood by Slayer. That must have been yeah. interesting to play on. Yeah, it. I don't think I did that one. I think I passed that one up and was just like, come on, really, dudes? I mean, I I can do certain things, but Slayer on the piano is not something... That's that's kind of... That's the line I'm going, nope, that's not happening. Uh, and then here's one that's not even a request. It just says, you all suck. We'll not be back. We- <laughs> Wasted ten dollars and forty five minutes. Done. Wow. Another happy customer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people also forget that they are not the center of the universe. Like, there's hundreds of people in the bar at the same time, mm-hmm. and I've got 
20 to 30 different requests on the piano. And each song is approximately three-ish minutes long. I'm going to try to get to all of them as quick as I can. Sometimes I'll even medley them together. So right. I'll take a big stack and go, uh, and I'll I'll separate it first in financial denomination. Here's all my yeah. 20s, 10s, 5s, whatever. And, and then I'll separate it by what has similar rhythm. So if, it, if I can get a drummer on there and have him play a simple beat, I'm going to string five songs together really <laughs> quick. And, that, and I mean, I just knock them out and everybody's songs are acknowledged, but um, I don't have to play the whole damn thing. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Do you remember playing Living on a Pair by yeah. Bon Jovi? <laughs> pair was that, that's P-A-I-R, Yeah, right? P-A-I-R, yeah. Living on a Pair. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, too funny. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I need to come down there one time and, and hit you up with some kind of really whacked out request that sure where you'll know that yeah. oh they know what they're talking totally. about. Totally, an enough enough song off a of tweaked. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah that, don't, just don't do it on Friday because uh, nothing kills an audience like some crap that just nobody knows. But right. yeah. every once in a while, you know, somebody will drop a. A lot of money, and I'm like, okay, I gotta play this song. Sorry, y'all, but I gotta take care of this. You know, they're paying me twenty, forty bucks or whatever yeah. for this song that only you and I have ever heard of. Well, you know? yeah. and I'm I drive for Lyft part time, so um, some right. of these requests make total sense with all the bridal parties I've dropped off downtown, oh, yeah. and I'm sure, sure you've played for a handful of those. All every every weekend, every, yeah, every weekend, every weekend. Wow. Yeah, that's the I think that's the majority of clientele in downtown Nashville. Sure, pretty yeah. much. Well, man, this has been fun having you back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, let's give all the details again for Rare Hair. It's going to be Monday, February 19th. Correct? Yep, Monday, February 19th, uh, Basement East. Enough's Enough starts at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Oh, they're coming on. They're going to first then. Yeah, so we're doing it just like we did Rare Hair too, where With Fast, Fast Pussycat. Pussycat played first. That's good. It makes sense to do it that way because people in Nashville uh, – and, and people everywhere, really, they don't like to stay out late on weekdays. Well, we're all getting right. old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got to work. You know, they got things to do. And yeah, that's cool, man. So you want to put that headliner on first, and then we can do our thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last couple of times, we still had, by the time the show was over, we still had a decent amount of people. That's good. This one is going to be an interesting experiment because it may run a little longer than the last couple that mm-hmm. we've had. And because we're trying to... Let them do their set, but we're also still trying to do about roughly a little under 20 songs, 18 songs or something. So we might actually get done closer to midnight than 11, like we usually are done around 11 o'clock. Cool. We'll just kind of see how it all plays out. And enough's enough playing about an hour, you think? Yeah, they're playing an hour set. Okay. That's awesome. They're playing an hour set, and then we're all going to, I'm going to call everybody up to do like a big group picture while everybody's in the building and around. Mm-hmm. And then we're kicking off the show with uh, "Coming at You Live" by Tesla. Sweet. So, well, that's going to be fun. And uh, thanks again for bringing enough enough to Nashville. <laughs> Nobody else will. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, man. <laughs> it was. I really wanted to do something cool like we did with the Faster Pussycat. That was really fun. That was yeah. a fun night. And I want to do that maybe if I can afford it. <laughs> I want to do it like once a year. You know, and this is one of the, it's it's. I'm not a. I'm not going to call myself a promoter. I'm not really one of those kind of. I'm not really that. I, I just put shows together that I think are fun, mm-hmm. for me and my friends, mm-hmm. and so. 
and the rest of us get to enjoy it too. Yeah, and we always, you know, basically, it all, all the expenses come out of my pocket, and I hope to make that back. And then whatever we have after that is all donated to charity. So, like the last one we did was um, suicide prevention. <clears throat> um, uh, the guitar player from Vane had brought up like and called me about uh, just some issues and things that were going on. It was right after Chris Cornell right. and all of that stuff had happened and uh, had connections to mm-hmm. the suicide prevention uh, chapter here in Nashville. Right like, great. I need somebody. I want somebody. Yeah. And this time we're going to... Uh, uh, the money's going toward the. Uh, I can't. I, this is terrible. I can't remember what it, they're called off the top of my head. I but can they edit to the show notes though. But they uh, uh, they help musicians in town with get health insurance. I know what you're talking about. And all of those yeah. kind, and 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 healthcare and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, what better you know? Right. That's perfect. Per, per, what better company to donate to than somebody that helps musicians? Because that's what we all are Certainly. playing the show, obviously. So that's what we're going to go. That's the route we're going to go this time. And, uh, it changes every time. And, and then I think I'm going to try to maybe do a change of venue for the next one just to keep it fresh and keep it interesting. Uh, I don't, and we're going to do this when we do rare hair seven, then we'll be back to the thrash and speed metal mm-hmm. and we'll do that one in the summertime. So we're going to do one of those each year. Cool. cool. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, any uh, you on Twitter? You got any uh, social media you want to share on here if people want to follow you? Uh, well, no. Uh, well, I guess we do have we have the Rare Hair Nashville. That's uh, I spelled R A R E H A R E Nashville, and that's for Twitter and for Facebook and okay. all that stuff. Um, I think I explained that whole concept last time, but you did. Huh. Of why it's spelled silly, but I mean, a, all that a lot of those '80s bands spelled with shit with Z's and stupid letters, right. just, two X's, whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of tied into that. Was going to be cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that's where you can find us. Uh, we still have a ton of T-shirts left over from the last run, which were the. Um, metal edge logo i have the headbangers and then we're going to try to get some more of the headbangers ball ones printed up too for this one if we can afford it i want one of the metal edge ones for sure cool all right well thanks again for doing this yeah thanks guys appreciate it
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 